0: Welcome to Clinical Lab Chat, part of the Medcord Podcast Network. I'm Chris Wolski, Director of Business Intelligence for CLP, and today I'll be speaking with Hamid Irfanian about the point-of-care revolution. Hamid is currently the CEO of Enzo Biochem, a molecular diagnostics company that provides a wide array of diagnostic products, including uh, for point-of-care testing. So, perfect, uh, perfect guest for us today. He has over 28 years of experience as a seasoned uh, healthcare executive, specializing in the diagnostic medical devices and life sciences industry. And prior to his tenure at Enzo, Hamid was Chief Commercial Officer of Euroimmune, a Perkin Elmer company. And uh, so, welcome, Hamid. Uh, and uh, good morning. So, of all the of all the changes we've seen to society uh, due to the COVID-19 pandemic, for me, perhaps the biggest is how ubiquitous uh, point-of-care testing has become. And we see that everywhere, everywhere, not just for SARS-CoV-2, but for other diseases, including, unfortunately, our, our, or fortunately, I guess, our newest health emergency, uh, monkeypox. Now, uh, Hamid, I, I hope we can... Uh, drill down a bit today and talk about why point of care testing has taken off and and what it means for labs and society as a whole. And so let's start at the beginning. Why has point of care testing really taken hold? I mean, was it on the verge of a a tipping point before COVID or or did COVID just create the right environment for it to become uh, ubiquitous?
1: So uh, good morning, Chris. Thank you for having me on board. Uh... Oh, certainly. Uh, And uh, uh, at the end of the day, when we start talking about point of care testing, uh, this is not something that, you know, again, came about around pandemic. We all remember back in, you know, maybe some of you don't remember, but uh, I certainly do back in 1977 when pregnancy tests became available Mm -hmm. at direct-to-consumer testing. And, you know, again, this uh, topic of point of care testing was growing pre-pandemic. Now, when COVID came all about uh, and and, uh, as as, uh, it became a pandemic, uh, the need for quicker turnaround time and the demand for testing uh, at home, maybe at point of care became a desire. And uh, Mm -hmm. folks started to respond to that, including Enzo Clinical Laboratories where we launched a, a go test me now solution Uh, But ultimately, when you look at it, uh, these became somewhat uh, subject to accuracy of collection, uh, ensuring that um, at the end of the day, you are providing a result that a physician can do something about. So uh, to that end, there was a level of comfort that you gained by doing point of care testing with COVID. uh, But... Uh, at the end of the day, the value of the lab continue to remain because physicians rely on this uh, laboratory results and PCR testing. Now, right. uh, uh, you know, again, to answer your question in a nutshell, uh, I think that demand is continue to is going to continue to grow, but accuracy, sensitivity, and reliance on it is going to be much more important as we continue to move forward
0: right um, and so you know Enzo was and is a provider of point of care you kind of touched on that a little bit in in, in when we we're just talking about uh, your last answer but and and you do a lot of other diagnostics um was was it necessary to pivot a little bit uh, to meet the needs of COVID point of care testing and, and other now other demands for point of care testing has there been a pivot with Enzo or was this just you know kind of more of a, a you know, you ramped up as a business-as-usual sort of response to uh, COVID and, you know, I guess now monkeypox and some of the other uh, d- diseases that we have um, floating around.
1: So, uh, Enzo Clinical Lab, we, we do, obviously, routine testing. Folks go to patient draw station, send it to our laboratory testing, and this has been a traditional uh, testing methodology for us for years. Uh, So uh, we depend on our proprietary product, GenFlex, molecular testing, that we do PCR testing. During the pandemic, what we saw was a surge in demand in which uh, it was hard for folks to get to potentially blood draw station or places they needed their, uh, uh, they needed to go to a physician, they needed to go to school. That, that was, those were mandatory. To go into a blood draw station would require additional step in their journey to uh, ensure that collect, you know their samples are being collected, and they're sending it to the laboratory for testing or uh, having the ability to get accurate results immediately. So what we did, we started this platform called Go Test Me Now, which gave us the ability to, uh, again, bring that t- testing, bringing that sample collection closer to the patient. And this is a venue in which was a, a, a it became uh, very much, it talks to the excellence and the ability and the capability of our laboratory to be able to be responsive to that. And it, it continues to evolve for us. Um, we provided COVID testing in this manner. Now we're going. Uh, we started providing uh, STI, uh, sexually transmitted infection testing that way, and we continue to augment that menu for the ease of access uh, and accuracy. The result that we put in the hands of the patient. So I see this continuing to evolve for our laboratory and overall for the society as testing gets. Closer to the patient,
0: right, right, and certainly, and this is something you and I have talked about uh, previously. <clears throat> access is a big is a big part of this, um, and you kind of touched on this. That you know, testing isn't just about getting the answers, but being able to get people in to to get tested. So, having that access uh, to uh, a testing site or the test itself.
1: Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, absolutely.
0: All right. So, okay. So where does, uh, you know, you kind of t- uh, alluded to this uh, a couple of minutes ago, but where, do, where does point of care testing, particularly rapid point of care care home testing, which we'll talk a little bit more about in a minute, um, where does that leave labs? I mean, do th- how do they need to look at this? this uh, this change? Is it a scary revolution? Is it a natural evolution? Uh, what what should uh, lab directors, and a lot of our listeners are lab directors, what should they be thinking about uh, this as this ubiquity uh, continues um, for many many tests?
1: So uh, as far as I'm concerned this is an excellent time for laboratories because uh, if 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 uh, pre-pandemic we would w- walk down to the nearby grocer and we would ask them, you know, can you tell me a little bit about PCR testing? Uh, can you tell me a little about rapid testing? This 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 knowledge was uh, somewhat uh, again wasn't as readily as 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 uh, easily available, and it wasn't on the forefront of uh, folks' mind we all saw during pandemic diagnostics was a critical, critical part of, uh, uh, you know, again, responding to COVID and responding on the way that we work uh, as a society. So, you know, that 80% of all uh, physicians decision really relies on laboratory testing. So, um, this idea of, you know, again, rapid results is, is, I don't see it going away. We all saw it, you know, again, I alluded to this earlier on. Uh, first pregnancy test over-the-counter became available in 1977, and it continued to evolve. However, uh, there are uh, evolution, there's going going to be, in my opinion, evolution of point-of-care testing, which is all about sample collection, accuracy of ensuring that, you know, again, the, what you are putting in the device or the uh, uh, point of care or rapid kit that you obtain is accurately collected. Then the next thing is uh, we want to remove any environmental subjectivity that comes around around with it. And ultimately, I see this as a positive message for laboratories and central laboratories because awareness of diagnostics is at all-time high and there's yeah. ultimately there is a need for uh th- 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 testing within the laboratory because we're not looking for results of positive negative you're looking for quantitation of results you want to make sure uh, you're monitoring the results again we see this evolution around you know uh, ensuring that you have immediate gratification but ultimately central laboratory because of the training you know again takes number of years for folks to be able to train and become efficient and doing those testing interpreting the results ensuring that you know even at the upfront collection is done accurately uh this getting to getting testing closer to patient maybe at the physician lab offices or at physician offices is going to be a natural progression of testing but ultimately in if you ask me what would it look like 10 years down the road the Mm roll-up central laboratory is going to continue to stay intact it's just access to those results in the hands of the patients is going to be extremely important during pandemic we all saw who didn't get their brain picked during pandemic we all saw Mm -hmm. subjectivity of ensuring that you know again the sample collection is accurate so this becomes a critical juncture for us as we continue to move forward ensuring those tests give that type of accuracy with uh you know again ease of collection accuracy of uh, or or efficiency of collection
0: right it's it's interesting because uh I've I've talked with uh, some public health, people who've, who've been doing some public health testing as well. And it's really, there's it, a really interesting tension between, you know, a, a regular person like my, myself, you know, who's just, uh, uh, you know, I write about med- medicine, I'm not a, a medical person, and who just wants to know, am I sick? As opposed to someone, as you're talking about with a central lab or, or, or physician, who needs to know, exactly how sick, what the person's sick with, etc. cetera. Um, you know, it's not so much, I really, it really is important to me which strain of, of COVID I necessarily would have, but that do I have it or not, whereas it would be really important for um, uh, your physician, uh, uh, your physician and, and also public health officials to know what strains there are in order to have the proper individual health uh Care uh, care program, and also uh, be able to see if there's a new strain or, or if a particular strain is becoming widespread throughout the throughout the population. So I think it's really it's a really interesting a really interesting point you make there. So. It takes us on to home testing, uh, which is uh, something I've done recently. I uh, recently uh, did some traveling, and I had to do a home home COVID test. Thankfully, I was negative. But I'd say it was super easy. It was fast. It gave me uh, some real peace of mind. It kind of hit all, ticked all the boxes that you were just uh, just talking about, Hamid. So. What does the future of home testing look like from your perspective? You, you kind of went back in time and, and I, I like that connection to the home pregnancy test that kind of set the stage for many of the home tests we have now. And, you know, we're all probably most of us have done the home genetic tests and things of that sort for ancestry tests. Um, so what does it look, what does home testing look like in the uh, future from your perspective? So,
1: I do see the market for home testing growing. You know, uh, at the end of the day, for example, we saw, as, as, as you alluded to it yourself, you did uh, potentially uh, uh, some COVID testing, and, and uh, it, it, it's easy, it is quick, it gives you immediate grat- gratification. And at Enzo Biochem, we are starting, we're continuing to explore uh, ideas. Around point of care, we are already got the GoTestMe platform that that you know we've launched. We are going down, you know, again a potential of having a molecular point of care testing that we're putting in urgent. We, we could be putting in urgent cares and in uh, uh, closer to the patient testing. However, I do worry about uh, you know as as we get uh, closer to the patient and we put this rapid testing in the hands of patients. A a potential of user error. Um, Mm. We are talking about, you know, again, let's look at, for example, monkeypox. Um, Monkeypox testing, as news of it, continues to evolve. Um, Ultimately, the accuracy in which uh, you are providing results uh, at a rapid pace currently is not available. We are all dependent on central laboratory. However, you know, again, the collection methodology on where on the, uh, you know, again, lesions, you're collecting the samples, is is it uh, already on the healing and are you collecting it appropriately? These are, again, um, as we see, uh, it, it, as you know, we, we are learning more about monkeypox and it's starting to evolve, We start to see that, you know, again, uh, COVID testing maybe lend itself to getting immediate gratification, getting the result, but again, is monkeypox appropriate type of testing to be done rapidly at home? Is it the collection methodology? Is it error prone? Are you collecting it from appropriate lesion? Is it on the heel? So, um, at the end of the day, uh, when I see, uh, when I say that the demand for rapid testing. Is going to increase. I absolutely believe in that because uh, you know, as millennials continue to retire, as baby boomers continue to retire, they're all used to looking at uh, immediate gratification by having our uh, mobile phones in our hand and just seeing a result right there. And it's convenient; you don't have to go see a physician. You do, you could just make a determination immediately, move forward. But ultimately, what it comes down to is treatment. Uh, uh, ultimately, it comes down to physician in, 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 uh, intervention and reliance on ensuring that as you're healing, as you are continuing to overcome a disease that you have, you are uh, under proper care. And for that, you do require the essential t- laboratory testing. So this this evolution uh, of moving to rapid testing is going to continue because this is the generation, this is the time that we live in. We want immediate gratification. But ultimately, the dependence on ensuring that you are continuing to monitor the progress of the disease or there are certain disease uh, states that don't lend themselves to rapid testing is going to bring awareness for the lab, so I am really excited to be sitting at the helm of a company that provides these type of solutions to patients, and it's a good time for laboratory.
0: Yeah, and but I think uh, one of the things uh, I've, you know, just uh, as opposed to the, the gratification uh, p- part of it, you know, one, one thing and I, we talked about it again, uh, I want to go back to this briefly. Uh, the access part of it. I think that's another, you know, another, uh, another part of it. I think it's also, uh, let's, let's go back, uh, to the home pregnancy uh, test. You know, there are certain situations where, you know, it's a very sensitive, it's a very sensitive thing, uh, uh type of testing. Uh, it's very personal. Uh, you don't necessarily want to be calling up your doctor and say, Hey, I need to come in for, for a pregnancy, you know, test and, you know, just to, just because you, you think that you, you may be maybe pregnant certainly should follow up uh, if, if there is a positive uh, as, as you're kind of indicating. but I was thinking also with just uh, there's a I know there's a number of uh, STI uh, home tests that are out there I've thought about I've thought quite a bit about that you know there's a lot of stigma certainly uh, with that sort of testing. And that it's not just the accessibility and the the, self, the, the, the immediate gratification, but it's also uh, people having having the ability to do this in the privacy of their own home, and then take the appropriate, hopefully, take the appropriate steps uh, after the fact if they if they do come up with a positive test. I mean, I, I mean, I, I take your point. You know, when you're when you're talking about you know, the, particularly monkey pox, uh, etc. But, but the I'm also thinking in terms of not just the stigma, the the accessibility, but the also there's stigma with some of the some of the kind, some of these kinds of tests, or or they're you know they're a very personal sort of thing. There's a lot of emotion in, involved. I, there was no emotion when I was taking you know COVID tests, but there could be a, some emotion for some other types of appropriate home testing. I mean, do you think that's also one of the things? That's also one of the certainly one of the benefits of having more. Home t- home tests in, that are appropriate and and can be adequately um, used by a, a regular person like myself.
1: So so I I think you hit the nail right on the head, Chris. So so uh, there there it, there are certain set of tests that absolutely lend themselves for uh, going to point of care testing. Uh, So so SDI happens to be one of them. Another area that you could also look at is uh, drug testing. Uh, So there is a level of emotional connection and level of discreteness that comes along with it that could lend itself to um, testing. And hence, we we, we did see that uh, potentially with, uh, uh, you know, again, uh, uh, genetic testing for folks to find out. Where their ancestry is from, so there are there there's a there's all levels of uh, providing testing that uh, at the end of the day there's level of emotion involved there's a level of curiosity that's involved. However, uh, ultimately, what we gotta look at is the role of diag- diagnostics, the role of laboratories. What we do is we provide aid to the physician. Not just satisfy curiosity. There's a there's a level of curiosity. There's a level of emotional uh, issues involved. Let's take for example STI testing. Ultimately, if you happen to be positive, if the testing that's rapidly available at your fingertip is positive, there has to be a level of public awareness. That's where public health labs come in. There's a level of uh, there's a level of physician in, in uh, intervention. That requires you go to a laboratory, central laboratory, ultimately, to get that result done, provide it in the hands of the patient, and then the, the physician continues to monitor this as you continue to go through the process. So, absolutely agree with you. This, this, this is a new time where we can uh, take control of ensuring that there's a level of discreteness that comes along with it. However, there is going to be interventional issues that would require central uh, laboratory testing. Uh, let, let's also, I, I want to take a minute and talk about some of the rapid COVID tests that became available. When, when, when you look at, uh, you know, again, um, some of the tests that uh, was ra- rapidly available in the market, you know, again, I lived through the, the from uh, all of us lived from the looking at it from a laboratory perspective and diagnostics perspective, all the way to where we're at today. Uh, initially, some of those tests had a very good positive indicator that had, that you knew if it was positive it was, it, you feel comfortable that your results were positive. However, just because you obtain a negative result, you still there wasn't a level of comfort around ensuring that it's negative because there is uh, subjectivity around collection. There's subjectivity around you know environmental factor and there's subjectivity around the test. So it's important that those rapid tests are accompanied with care, uh, collection instructions, <laughs> got to be appropriate. And finally, when it comes to intervention, you need your physician and a laboratory to get those results done.
0: Right, All right. So just to wrap up our um, discussion of home testing, do you think that Home testing is, to a certain extent, do you think that's the real legacy of COVID? You know, that, you know, everybody knows, everybody knows what a PCR test, everybody knows what a rapid antigen test is now. Do you think that's the real, the real legacy of COVID? So,
1: uh, real, in my opinion, in my humble opinion, the real legacy of COVID is putting a lens on diagnostics. I, you know, having them 28 years, you know, almost, you know, 29, 30 years of my career in diagnostics, um, you know, it it, 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 it was, again, good news, bad news. We were going through pandemic, we were sitting at home, but the good news for folks that worked in the laboratory field was really look at what we do. Look at, you know, again, previously got your blood drawn, sample collected, sent to, you know, you didn't know where it went, you didn't know how it came out. Now, majority of the folks uh, know that, you know, again, diagnostics is pivotal in, in our life, in, our, in, in the way that, you know, again, healthcare is, is conducted. Uh, and, you know, again, uh, uh, we saw, uh, you know, CDC uh, step up and, and, and uh, really guide folks through this process. But ultimately, we all relied on, on laboratories to ensure that you are getting rapid, accurate results out, and uh, you know, again, I I want to just give uh, one moment of uh, it, you know, calling uh, and and recognizing our employees. Uh, they worked 24/7 when folks couldn't come to work, when folks uh, didn't have the ability to come to work. Our employees showed up, they did the testing every day, and provided accurate results for the patients. And again, that should be recognized. You're able to get a COVID hero award from Long Island Association because of some of that activity. But overall, I think the legacy of COVID is, um, and the way that I see it, yes, we do need tests. Yes, we do need rapid tests and quick results, but ultimately it's shined a light on the diagnostics industry and what we do day in and day out at the laboratory to ensure that folks physicians receive accurate results to intervene and take care of patients so i think ultimately to me that's the that's been the message that you know at least i collected maybe somewhat selfishly on behalf of our company enzo biochem for uh for uh, during this pandemic i don't know if you feel the same chris
0: yeah, I, I do. And, and I think that's, I think it's well said, um, that, uh, I, you know, I, I've written about this, that, you know, I was one of those patients. I grew actually grew up in a medical household, but I was still one of those patients. They took my blood and went off to this magical place called the lab. And, and now I know a lot more about it, thankfully, because I, I, I do lead the, uh, CLP, uh, brand, uh, for MedCorp, but, uh, but also because I've talked with, with people like you and, and, uh, Went through, the, went through uh, COVID like everybody else. And, you know, as you said, it really shined a, a light on the, the whole industry. So unfortunately, though, we've reached the end of our time today. So, Hamid, thanks so much for taking your uh, time uh, speaking with me today and, and your take on this uh, fascinating and important topic and, and really, you know, uh, putting the right perspective on how important uh, diagnostic labs are uh, for, for all of us uh, to stay healthy and um, happy. Uh, So, and that's one of the things I do love about leading the CLP brand, as I mentioned, is having that front seat during such a dynamic and exciting time for the laboratory industry, which I think, as you rightly said, Hamid, uh, I think is going to just continue on. I think we're we're at the beginning of, of something really, a really interesting time, I think, for diagno- the diagnostic laboratory industry. I also want to thank you, the laboratory audience, for listening and, and listening to our previous shows as well. Uh, look for more episodes of Clinical Lab Chat in the future and visit us online at clpmag.com and all on all of the uh, major social media platforms. So until next time. Thank
1: you, Chris.